Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, episode nine. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some USA rugby stuff today, uh, but let's uh, and specifically only pursuant to match play. All right, but let's just hit the rundown. Uh, so USA selects uh, they salvage their last two matches of the APC uh, after the tough loss to uh, Samoa A. Then we're gonna talk about the capital. Rugby Union Selects Tour, which is going down south. And we got player signings, uh, some some rumors we're going to create about the Austin Combine, specifically based on photographic evidence. The Houston schedule so far, our lineouts recap, and just some, some good old banter. But so, how's everyone doing tonight? Hey, all things are great here. I don't know about anybody else. Everything's going well over here down in Brooklyn. It's good. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. All right. So, and our first subject of the evening. Uh, USA Selects takes second in the APC behind Argentina, who just, well... The Argentina 15 is the same side we often see in the America's Rugby Championship, and uh, that is the Argentine second side, and man, they take scalps. However, after our opening loss to Samoa, where a ton of us had some questions about the players, maybe about the coaching, um, they start working into form. I thought the uh, match against Uruguay was pretty ugly. Uh, I mean... We had our foot on the gas pretty early. We were up 20 to zero and then it just got really messy overall. And it just showed that, uh, you know, Uruguay's centralized system is of course working, but, uh, you know, uh, we snuck out with the win and kept going where, which we had lost last year, but overall we definitely improved over time. Uh, and cause look at what we did against Canada, uh, just a dominant, a win in dominating fashion. Uh, and you know, we improved over time and I really would have wanted to see, uh, Samoa a second time or really what if we'd been in camp for two weeks instead of four days? Uh, several of the guys that just graduated, uh, put their hands up for MLR contracts, uh, specifically, uh, you know, to my fellow front rower, uh, Angus McClellan, with that prop try in the last match. But, bro, you got to chop your mop. That throw, just that, that ain't happening. Uh, but I'm loving our depth at, at loose forward in the uh, Eagles system. And then um, Younger and De Haas really showed a lot over these three matches and should, in my eyes, get an Ingles camp invite and push Davies at nine. Um, and then if you look at how we played Canada, they had a ton of senior players. Not like I think one of our guys had 15 caps. I think Barkwell it was with 44. What about you, Victor? You had some observations for that. Yes, I did, brother. And once again, guys, good evening. Welcome to Earful of Dirt. So we're talking about the matches from the 2017 America Pacific Challenge. So both games were quite fun to watch, especially the Uruguay one, because I really thought USA was definitely going to lose that one because Uruguay fig team plays a lot more often than USA selects. But So I was happily surprised that USA took that win. The Canada game... I was just extremely in that game because Canada's um, last two games were botches, really. And USA selects were coming hot from the big wide, so I knew that was going to be smooth sailing to a certain extent. At the end, it definitely looked uh, like it was. There were sometimes I said to myself that Canada was probably going to come back, and it, did, and it did, but not enough to say, yeah. But that was really fun. Now, uh, of players that caught my attention throughout the, the three matches, um, Tim Oppen, I don't know where I became a fan of the guy, really good player. Uh, Ruben de Haas, as I mentioned, great, great little there with that kid, 
hopefully he's going to learn a lot more stuff down in the Jesus Academy. And he surprised me the most, I have to say, of all the players. And of the seven players, like usual, I Hanko Hermeshais need to get my Afrikaans correctly in his last name. He was his usual beast. And and you saw he scored four tries against Canada A. So again, overall, it was beautiful. Of course, it would have been a lot better if it would have been Samoa. But okay, so let me offload that to anyone else. Well, I was just going to say, I uh, unfortunately missed the uh, second two games, only caught the Samoa game. So out of the series, I think I kind of got the uh, short end of the stick there. She watched but, that game. I, I did. Uh, but everything, yeah, everything I was hearing, uh, I loved the scoreline, especially on the uh, Canada match. So anytime we can go ahead and take care of our, our friends and neighbors to the north and send them home crying, I'm all about it. So. Uh, yeah, Dan, what'd you think of the matches? Yeah, I mean, they were a lot of fun to watch. Um, the Uruguay game was a bit frustrating just because we came up um, so fast and then ended up uh, basically only winning by one try, even though it was really just a garbage time last second try. Um, you know, the, the effort on the field was a lot higher than the scoreline should have been, and we gave up a lot more near the end. Uh, but overall, great, great. Um, effort by the uh, the selects in that one, but the Canada match really, just as you guys were saying, is just absolutely amazing to watch, um, especially because um, there was a lot more experience on the Canadian side. There were a lot of players who were like in their mid thirties. Like it was kind of weird to see some of them get chosen for the select side, um, but there were people like Barkwell, who is current MLR uh, for the Sea Wolves. Seeing him out there was good too, um, but overall, my players really stood the most uh, for the first two matches. I saw Josh Whippy and um, Aladdin Shermer really stick out a lot. Um, ben Landry, I mean, he just really bowled over everyone. Man amongst the boys. Yeah, he was just a beast, just seriously a beast out there, just just running people over. Uh, Zach Pangolinen. Um, I always saw him breaking through, offloading it to someone else. He probably should have a lot more tries to his name, but he was a um, try maker, not so much a try taker. Um, Hanko and Peter Malcolm, same as always. They've uh, been young, up in commerce for the past couple of years now. They both played really well. Um, so I was really happy to see them just uh, first. Hanko scored four or Hanko scored four tries in the Canada match, which was awesome. And Malcolm, well, I didn't overall see his actual play in the field. I don't usually actually watch a lot of the front row players. Um, he really did a great job as a captain. Um, he really kind of took control of the field and really took control of a lot of his players too, that you wouldn't really expect from like a 22 or 23 year old player. Um, so I really, at least in this case, even more so than a lot of the other times I've seen the selects come together, I really saw a lot of the future here. Um, future hooker, future scrum half, future even flanker from uh, Sam Wuching, or Wuking, as the Uruguayan commentator used to call Sam Wuking. Sam Wuking. <laughs> um, and I, I was really excited just to see him play, but as I mentioned, I think last week, uh, I didn't recognize him for the first you know, match and a half because he wasn't he didn't have the man bun. Um but seeing him at flanker was fun too. He he did, did actually play well. Uh, but also just seeing him switch over. I really love to see him hopefully join MLR season one. Um I think the the best part is that um all of the players I mentioned who really stood out are either currently with an MLR team or I guess with the amateur side of an MLR team. Two of those were actually uh, Seattle Saracens. Um, so that's who I've got. So I, that's really awesome to see that there are a lot of potential MLR stars. See, like most of the side, uh, was it? I think there was like 14 players on the 27 that went down there are uh, con- basically contracted MLR players. And then you have some guys that are going to be featured in the reformed PRP. But uh, as far as like just, Standouts, uh, 
Hanko, man, his Hanko's the hammers balance are is ridiculous. And then, um, yeah, I didn't see. I try to pay attention to front rowers, especially hookers, because uh, I want to see what they're up to. Because that's the position I play. But I didn't really see a lot of that in scrummage. Like our scrums towards uh, against Canada, we were compared to our first match was were a lot better, and we had a lot of a lot of balance. But just like the leadership that you saw with. Peter Malcolm, Bam Bam, uh, like just how he handled every interaction with uh, the opposing captain and the ref was excellent. And I think, you know, uh, some of our Eagles captains can take some notes from him when he comes back to the squad, hopefully for the Autumn Internationals. So. And by the way, guys, just to jump in real quick, um, Two things. One, not sure if you guys were paying attention to the Argentina game when um, the the referee, uh, the Argentina referee Federico Amselmi, um, threatening a yellow card against. Um, I think I, said, I think it was against Hanko and, um, and Peter Malcolm. Very coldly said to him. No, I'm sorry, Argentina. No, Uruguay. Excuse me, Uruguay. I said Argentina because of the referee. I'm sorry. When they were playing Uruguay, excuse me. Um, again, Federico Anselmi, who was an Argentinian referee, traded in a yellow card against Hanko. And he uh, locally, well, Hanko very local lately to shut the fuck up. I don't know if you guys heard that one, which made me really laugh. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm, again, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to that. I had to rewind that a couple of times. And I was just wondering, oh my God, what Mama Malcolm thinks of that, I wonder. But uh, I mean, I'm sure she was too happy. I was watching it live in Spanish, so I don't think I don't think I got well, it. still spoke in English. Whatever he said was still in English. Oh, no, it, 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 it was. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was on English. But I wasn't paying attention to any of the English words because the broadcast I was watching was in Spanish. Uh, yeah, it was in that one. I was watching that one too because uh, it's you know, it's refreshing to hear a uh, commentary in in another language that I can understand besides English. So it was that, and 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 the dude, the one of the Uruguayan guys, said you know what he said. Well, I mean, he didn't say the words obviously, but he told them. I think he said something along the lines of, and uh, Malcolm told him, uh, "Head me sweets," I believe he's saying. <laughs> I love the pronunciation of, of of the of the names because Uruguayans are like a Spanish people don't give a crap on how they pronounce English names. So <laughs> I think well, I, how I do they pronounce? Hey, none of our names, none of the names were like English. They were all like you know, like <laughs> Afrikaans and Islanders. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, but there were a couple of them like like mopping this, a mopping this, a mopping, and um. I'm walking instead of watching. I don't know why he said walking. That makes no sense. It's a ch, she. That's a cha sound. Watching or watching. I would have taken watching. I don't know. No, no, no. But that dude, I'm telling you, like Hawaiians, like uh, seriously, it's like hilarious. I would have pronounced his last names. I heard one. Of I forgot how to pronounce Pangelinian last name, but I know it's really funny. I heard one of the refs or one of the commentators calling Hanko um, Junko Gemashwis. What's his pronunciation? <laughs> oh my god. I don't. I don't remember that one. I would definitely remember that one. Yeah, but it was hilarious. I think we're just gonna have to accept that the, uh, the Spanish commentators for the matches were probably drunk. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't drunk, Corey. They were from Uruguay. That's what it is. Uruguayans. They don't. They don't care. I, I know because so. I, I do tours with them. All right. So let's. Uh... Go on to the Capital Rugby Union Selects Tour. So I had the chance uh, earlier, uh, I guess not late last week, not earlier this week, but uh, to speak with Stephen Davis. He's the uh, director of high performance for the Capital Rugby Union Selects. And uh, so the way it was explained to me and, you know, people were wondering, does this lead to an MLR franchise in D.C.? And I was like, well, no, Uh because, like, if it is, it's happening independent of Capital Rugby Union specifically because they assemble every winter and they attempt to put together a difficult fixture list partially to, you know, get their guys scouted by whomever is in charge of high performance at the union. That's, you know, Alex Magleby. So 
What they've got is uh, in December, they're playing the USA South Panthers, and everyone knows the South Panthers from you know competing in the, the RAND Championship this year and taking it. And then they've got NOLA Gold on January 20th, and that was broken live by GM Ryan Fitzgerald of NOLA. And then uh, in what I thought was a gap on their schedule, the 27th of January is not a gap, and they are playing Stars Rugby. 15 stars rugby is relatively famous for being an invitational seven side. And then on February 3rd, they have the strikers. I had thought maybe they would play uh, Austin and just hang out, you know, in central Texas on tour. But uh, that date was already full before they even spoke to NOLA or the strikers. So that's what I got. What do you got, Dan? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see them come against, uh, two of the future MLR sides, um, and no offense to Capital Slicks, I don't know any of the players, um, but those two games are going to be really tough for them, and I don't see them standing any chance, because if they did actually stand a chance against a team like the Strikers, um, then I'm pretty sure most, if not all, of the players on the Capital Selects would be getting calls by um, MLR teams or the Eagles, because you know, the strikers are clearly one of the better teams in this program with a lot of international um, teams coming together. But this, this really is, it's, it's, it's good to see the schedule in some sort of sense come together. We may not be able to watch these games. Um, we may be, just be able to hear about them. That's fine. That's whatever. We know two games coming up for MLR teams preseason. It's, it's getting here. It's finally coming here. We're not just talking about nothing. We're talking about a league that actually exists so we can actually take pride in the fact that I'm not completely wasting my Monday nights talking about are you saying that hanging out with us if there even if there wasn't an MLR would be a waste of time Dan we could talk about rugby league oh no it's not gonna happen <laughs> I'm playing with all our other podcasts that we do on Wednesdays and Thursdays about geography and uh, everything else that Victor likes to talk about. <laughs> and, teams. and speaking of Victor, yeah. let me let me take a word from there. Okay, so guys, the summer cannot come fast enough, I have to say. I cannot wait to see what the Capital Selects uh, bring to the table against NOLA and Houston. And just like you, Dan, I really don't know the capital selects much. Um, I do know that they have obviously those players from the in the VA DC area as we established last week. Um, some Panthers may include players that go into NOLA later in 2018, since obviously they're Southern players. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I'm just guessing really up well, to this point. Well, just based on I think that uh, – I think it's like the first week of December, so it might work out. But I think they're trying to uh, – Nola's trying to have everyone in town by like the 15th. They're going to have some – they're going to have a player meeting and then kiss everyone goodbye for Christmas and then reassemble shortly after the new year. So it might work out. So no chance, so, so no chance of getting any new players in 2018 for any team? Well, I think like we're talking about like – this is more scouting. So some of those guys, since it's on December 3rd, like those players might be already contracted. And then the next week they have to move their house. Good point. Um, and Dan, Houston strikers schedule. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, my computer's getting all messed up and I, I'm having trouble actually seeing anything right now. So, Aaron, actually, could you jump in real quick? Yes. Yeah, so, um, one of our friends of the podcast and fellow Redditors, Cohook, put together. I think it was Cohook. Maybe it was Samo. Uh, uh, put together. Put together the schedule um, of the Houston Strikers. So they will play the Austin Blacks and Dallas Reds twice. Uh, home fixtures first on the 11th against the Blacks, Reds on the 18th of November, and then they will play away at the Blacks on December 9th and away at the Reds on December 16th. 
And then for 2018, we also have the aforementioned uh, Capital Rugby Union Selects match on February 6th. And Victor, seeing that, what are, what are your I- ideas and thoughts? So, like I said, guys, can't wait to see uh, what the, the strikers look on on, on the field because I know how they look like on paper. But I assume wins over uh, the Austin Blacks, the Reds, and like I said before, the Selects. So, can't wait to see that. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in for that, too, um, since I obviously missed what I was going to say before because my computer wasn't working properly. Um, these we, we knew about some sort of um, strikers matches coming up in the fall. And this looks like it's more like scrimmages or obviously friendly. I mean, everything's really friendly match at this point. Um, but I think Grant mentioned that the ones in the fall would be more along the lines of um, like 20 minute quarters or something like that. And it's a lot more um, of coaches getting more involved. So they can really switching things around all the time, just so you can, they can get an idea of these players because right now, um, as far as I'm concerned, the strikers only know their players based off of um, how heavy the sandbags are that they can lift and um, then just sort of running around a bit on the field, but they're not really playing against a different team. So uh, this is like a pre preseason um, post innuendo kind of a <laughs> schedule coming up for that. So that's, that's really what this is. Um, I hope we can actually see something, but um I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. I just have two things to say about this. And one is exactly that point, Dan. I'm, I'm really hoping there's some sort of streaming option. Uh, if not, then hopefully some uh, you know camcorder video or something can be posted after the fact that we can check out. Yeah, I don't care. Some guy sitting on the side with, a, with, with their cell phone going, whatever. I just want to see this. But I think we need to take a second here and just appreciate the fact that we are three weeks away from seeing on the field a completely new team that's formed entirely for the purpose of MLR. And I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously we've seen the Merlins we play and we've seen other clubs play, but this is the first one that is completely only exists because of major league rugby. And they're about to take the field in a few days. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. That's fun. Um, I think I think there's going to be a radio option uh, broadcast. I'm not sure. I think so. Uh, if you've ever listened to rugby on the radio, there's that. Never listened to rugby on the radio. Only I, love, I love football on the radio. Does that count? Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to Vegas Sevens one year driving home from uh, my girlfriend's apartment when I was living in El Paso and she lives here in Phoenix. So it was pretty good, but it was sevens. So <laughs> a bit different. It's only uh, seven players you have to know on the field at any given time. <laughs> then, uh, so rolling into, uh, my, uh, line out episode with Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, for Nola gold. He's the general manager and his background is, uh, uh, as we've talked about in the episode, he was a Marine, uh, served in the Corps from 2003 to 2007, two tours in Iraq. Then, uh, you know, jumped into scouting, and he's been a scout with the Senior Bowl for the last three years. And then, uh, you know, since he played for the last eight years uh, at NOLA RFC, he got to know the Falcons pretty well. And, you know, uh, the owner was like, hey, you're a personnel guy. I need a really good personnel guy and there's athletes everywhere here. So they uh, hired a, a football scout to be their general manager. And, you know, it was a really great interview. Uh, we had some post-production issues we had to take care of. So sorry about getting that out late, but it seems a lot of people are listening to it so far. Um, but we'll fix that in pre-production going forward. But, uh, you know, it's just nice to, have good people working in rugby in the United States, which is something uh, we've been missing. We've had a lot of bad actors and it's, you know, uh, Nola is very open about what they're able to talk about. Um, If it's 
a league thing, you know, they'll be like, hey, um, send Nick an email. Uh, but for most of the part, most of my questions were all uh, um, onside and we were able to push through the game line. But um, so one of the, the perspective about recruiting was very interesting and good to hear. And, you know, just moving along. What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Um, I really like that he has a football background. Um, and as you mentioned in the interview, there was an article um, that actually did, uh, I think it was like Yahoo or something like that, that actually did interview him more related to the football side, but it also did include the fact, like one paragraph about rugby, um, because he is a scout. Um, even though he's been a scout for football, he still is able to think like a scout, which is not something you can pick up even if you, you know, just know the sport of rugby and know what makes a good player. Uh, there's a lot more to it um, that even I can't really, you know, think about honestly. Um, but I, re- I really suggest anyone who's either watching or listening to this right now, um, definitely give it a listen for two reasons. One, um, we did it. So, I mean, yeah, just, just give it a listen. Um, but two, because you really get to hear directly from the source. Um, a lot of these news announcements are just posts or um, a 10-second video just with the player saying, hey, I'm you know, John Smith. I'm really happy to be playing for this club. See you later. Um, this is really 30 or so minutes of just hearing directly from the GM of one of these clubs. Um, he's really enthusiastic about this and building rugby. Um, he really wants to get involved in the community as much as he can. Uh, when he was talking about the the youth program in in NOLA, um, he was very optimistic. And, and one thing I really liked that stood out was the fact that um, he wanted to have high school matches, ideally, happen on the same field the same day as the MLR matches for you know a couple of reasons. But um, gets people involved, but also because um, you see these high school matches, and then right afterwards you see a real professional team. Same field. It's it's not you know a huge stadium over here for the real matches, and then the high school kids playing this dirt field over here. You play in the same field, and you get to watch right afterwards. The parents can see that there is something that they can really look up to. It's not just play for a couple of years and then you know become an old boy and just basically drink all the time. It's 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 really something you can look up to. So that's um, something I was excited to really hear from you know someone that really wants to build a community. Um, in their own backyard. Um, so that's all I got to say about uh, Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, we were actually talking before. There's Fitzgeralds and Fitzpatricks everywhere on the team, so it's really confusing. You know, I uh, as I was listening back through it, um, I got to say I really think Ryan's going to be a great ambassador for the game. Um, just the fact that he is American. Not that there's anything wrong with bringing folks in from overseas or any problems with that whatsoever, but there's just something about being homegrown and, you know, being, for lack of a better way of describing it, kind of speaking the same language as other folks, you know, that may be tuning in for the first time. I think he's very approachable, and I thought, uh, kind of like you said, Aaron, I thought that he was very honest and uh, willing to, you know, be frank with you and share a lot, and so I think he, I just really felt like he did a fantastic job being very accessible for those who may be new to the game or maybe new to this league. And um, I appreciated the fact that, you know, you guys got into some of the nitty gritty, but you also didn't spend the entire show just talking shop about stuff that, you know, somebody with less of a rugby background may not understand. You actually talked a lot about personality and a lot, a lot about vision. So I thought it was a really great interview and uh, I'm expecting great things to come out of uh, New Orleans in the future. Uh, Hey, Victor, so what did you think? So I really enjoyed the interview, for one, and happy that we're getting more uh, Major League Rugby personnel on the podcast. Uh, So obviously, I definitely agree with everything everyone else said. So my my quote is quite small, really. So again, that's... And by the way, sorry, that was podcast, not podcast. I don't know where I put the P. I think uh, going off Victor too. I mean, we're we're not like um, some major news channel or anything like that. We're or a podcast of just four guys who who want to talk about this league. Um, so they're you know from Nola, Houston, Austin. A lot of these teams are really 
actually interested in speaking with us, uh, speaking on the podcast, actually, you know, um, talking to us about the league. They're not sort of, you know, as may have happened in the past or what, you know, tends to happen a lot of times, at least I've seen in rugby, is that um, there may just be like a group of old boys who like having their old boys, you know, circle of friends. They don't really are... Um, they're not really as inclusive as they like to think they are. Um, but this is, this is really refreshing to actually have a group of people who care about the sport, want to see it grow and are actually willing to, you know, get involved no matter how important or how small you are. You know, looking at ourselves, I, just, I guess. I just can't wait for Barstool to be denied access to the grand final of major league rugby. If everyone remembers, they didn't. They didn't get credentialed for the Super Bowl, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, they get it. You know, it's American media and stuff, and this is where things are going. Whereas, apparently, you know, New Zealand rugby doesn't like to credential anyone. So there's like ten dudes that are able to write about New Zealand rugby that have credentials can go to the, all the matches and whatnot. I think that's an exaggeration. It might be like 20 or 30 people, but they don't issue credentials to like anyone, which is yeah, crazy to think about because you go to the Super Bowl, there's like a thousand credentialed media writers, just writers, not including, you know, videographers and photographers. I think I remember someone, I, I don't know who it was. Um, I think it was one of the, the few other rugby reporters out there that, USA Rugby only has like their official photographer or something like that, and they don't allow non-official photographers in, or it's a very select group where there's only like a couple sources, so they won't let people really go to the games with a camera and like take pictures of the game, like any pictures they want. Oh, so that's why like you have a you know Alan Schnoor who is a Super Bowl, uh, World Cup, uh like photographer for you know sf chronicle like this guy whose resume of events is longer than you know my bed sheets but uh he gets denied because he's a photographer is that what happened <laughs> it's, it's something weird like that i don't know how that happens yeah i, I, I that was that. that was weird i i don't know what happened there so not good okay enough. guys I'll just go ahead and I've got I've got a camera. I it's it's like a little point and shoot, but I've got it right over here. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and take care of it. I'll I'll be USA's photographer. Yeah, it's, it's not a problem. You need some backup with a little old-fashioned '90s disposable camera. Okay, just hold on one second and oh, missed it. Sorry, guys. Uh, can you do that again? You just rerun that play. <laughs> oh man. But uh, so on to our uh, our next one. Uh, so I don't have a full report for you guys right now. Uh, our source, who's able to break it down? I mean, I could have. I guess the source. What are we got, talking about, Aaron? Oh yeah, about that. Um, Austin Elite Rugby Combine was Saturday. It was awesome. So the breakdown is: uh, I think there were about fifteen Huns and about fourteen Austin Blacks. And I think about two handfuls, I think it's just nine guys from all over. There was a dude that came from over a thousand miles away to participate in this combine. So um, I don't really know who stood out. I could ask a little more, but I know that Grant Cole, uh, he was doing a job for the Red River uh, Rugby Collegiate Conference for their sevens championship. So he uh, did not attend the combine, but we have evidence. There was a Carlin Isle sighting. He was hanging out with Hun's backup, Hun's backup scrum half from their national championship team, Aaron Bone, who is all of five foot zero. Um, so is Carlin Isles going to play a wing for Austin Elite Rugby? Yes or no? Or was he just in Austin to do extra rehab? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's really the question. And uh, I mean, I don't have any insight either. Uh, I think if anybody would know Grant would, and uh, so I suppose we'll have to wait for him to comment uh, on, re- on our Reddit page about whether that's true or not. But I think we should go ahead and just, maybe if we just say it's true, it'll become true. <laughs> so well, uh, Carlin Isles, uh, a, oh, star- news. a starter, a starter for, uh, for Austin Elite, <laughs> I think that's confirmed now. As, I'm, as I understand it, it is now confirmed. Everybody, you heard it here first. One picture, one time, not even wearing an AER shirt is proof positive that he's going to be starting for uh, for whatever they are, the Longhorns or whatever cows. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um, Victor, what do you, you think? Something. Victor? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> By the way, let's go. Go Longhorns, speaking of which. My friend goes to that school. I forgot the name of the school that has, the team's called Longhorns, but whatever. Oh, um, Texas? So, Texas. Texas. Just Texas. Texas University? Just Texas University? University, University of Texas. Texas. Uh, University of Texas. I don't know. It's one of those egos, too. I yeah, don't know. Dios mío. Oh. <laughs> That's me, right? <laughs> but anyways, yes, yeah. But yeah, it will be cool to see uh, Carling Isles in 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 AR. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully that that's the case. Who knows? We always was invited to see the guy at speed and to give them a pointers or things like that. But I really don't wish to see him in a in a official or professional setup. Excuse me, here in the states. Uh, by the way, um, Carlin's originally from Ohio, but he was re- living in Texas at the time when he got into rugby when he contacted then CEO uh, Nigel Melville for him to go up to uh, to Colorado to uh, to learn the game from the gentleman of Aspen, speaking of which. Um, so again, he could have just been there because he was invited or something. Uh, but I think he has given his soul to Rugby Sevens. I don't think he's going to leave the team anytime soon, but who knows? I might be wrong. But he, as you probably remember, he did play professional fake teams for the Glasgow Warriors back in February 2014, but that didn't last long because eventually he came back to, to sevens anyway. I'm going to go out on a limb here. You would say he's just hanging out at the Combine. He's going to be Mr. Negative. Just whatever. Um, well, I'll find out for sure, hopefully. Within the next year. Within, you know, actually a couple of days because I am meeting with the Austin Elite Rugby Management with uh, the GM, Thierry, on Wednesday, along with one of the owners, Richard Osborne. So uh, we'll be doing a site survey at Huns Field, and hopefully I can get them on the record about this. But I think, based on Instagram, that, uh, Dan, you might be right. He was just uh, hanging out because he was in Austin for some extra rehab. But if you look at the same Instagram, he looks like he's back. Like, he can cut and he can burn. Like, quit sevens, play 15s, sign for Austin, do it now. There's more money involved, at least. Now, remind me, um, when is the Sevens Tour? Is that also in the spring? Would that uh, It goes from November to December. April. December to May, guys. December oh, yeah. So it's like the first week. The first week of December is Dubai Sevens. So then they go to like April, last week of May, first week of May, something like that. But, um, I mean – Sevens, a contracted athlete makes a hundred dollars a day. Twenty eight hundred dollars. It's like twenty eight hundred dollars a month if you are contracted for the entire uh, year. That's under thirty thousand dollars in San Diego. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So sad. it's unlikely. Tommy, like, just not even just him, just theoretically any player that would like to do sevens and then also play MLR, just um, as long as they uh, probably just pay him less or something. Um, it's timing wise, it could make sense, but I, it's unlikely that that would actually, you know, line up like people would think it would. Yeah. With that in mind, though, I think we do have some uh, official signings to announce, don't we? Yes, Victor. 
Yes, let me get started on that. So the first one is an, an official signing, at least, although he, we knew he was coming to it. Um, USA Eagle prop, Olive Khalifi, has officially signed with Seattle Seawolves from the amateur side, Seattle Saracens. And he also comes as a signed player for Digida Sports, uh, which is a French-based company that's just started this year with a U.S. base. Uh, obviously, uh, and therefore, of, of rugby players, which, by the way, Digidust, as well as Carling Isles, uh, do both follow us on Instagram. They could do both, by the way. Um, he actually commented, uh, Carlin commented on, on, on the picture of him with Aaron Bourne, uh, Bourne uh, that we, uh, that I posted on our Instagram. So again, thank you, Carlin, for following us. Same thing he with Digidust. That's what he said. I actually forgot what he put on it, but it was like very. It was. I actually it was emojis. <laughs> that was his comment. It was emojis. Just emojis. <laughs> it was just emojis. That's the thing. I forgot. I had to look it up and learn, like and get back to you. But again, it was something very subtle. And again, DJ does also follow us on Instagram and put some really nice words on us reporting what happened with Olive. So again, really nice. So Aaron, let me pass the word back to you. Yeah, so um, as far as Khalifi is concerned, I think that's a great move. Uh, getting him, I mean, I, I know Seattle's been a high-performance environment, but uh, I think he's lost some form, so I think getting into a professional environment will bring get him back into fitness and maybe even work himself back into the, you know, the Eagles training squad. Uh, on the Houston front... Uh, this was an interesting signing. Wing Arturo Reyes uh, signs with the Houston Strikers. I don't really know a whole lot about him. Uh, most recently played at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, he previously has played with the Seattle Saracens while he was stationed at Fort Lewis. And during that period of time, he was an all-Army 15s player uh, a couple years ago. Uh, in addition, he also appeared with the Bow Valley Grizzlies in the Calgary Rugby Union, which I thought was interesting. Currently, he's living uh, in central Texas near San Antonio, so uh, I guess he showed up at one of the combines and uh, wandered on the field. I, you know, and put up some numbers, and they were like, this guy can play. So, Dan, what do you got? The third and final signing that we have for this week is Fedekina Malafu. He signs with the Austin Elite Rugby. Um, I guess Kina is his nickname, or I guess I could just call him Malafu. Um, he played for, for Maui Rugby or Maui Youth Rugby under uh, Jack Breen. He went on to play with Kutztown Rugby, which is the, um, I guess, infamously really small college that is surprisingly really good at rugby. Um, I've known people who actually played against them um, who were going to school in Pennsylvania area. And they said that they were just like, they, they had a B squad. that was just on the whole different level compared to their own a squad. Um, so that really is a, a small, you know, <coughs> school. That's a powerhouse in rugby also in sevens. Um, He's a two-time All-American Sevens honoree, one-time All-American Fifteens honorable mention. He played for the Ramblin' Jesters Sevens um, as well as the Hun Sevens. So there is a connection in that sense that he did at least play for the Huns. Um, he's technically not a Hun because I don't think he played any Fifteens at all with them. Uh, but he's at least still well. he was their one of their wings last year don't for the Fifteens. Yeah, I think so. Well, he just graduated from Kutztown, didn't he? Um, I think. I don't know. He may have played 15s for a year with them, but he's still very young, so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. He's apparently apparently graduating in December from Kutztown, so... Oh, so he just played... So he just played sevens. Okay. Yeah. Or he could be from the area. I don't know. Um, But anyway, he's still new-ish to the club, so it's technically an outside signing um any signings that's not a hun i kind of consider outside um but he is graduating in december so he is still very young so it's great to see a young player who's not currently on the list of 
um, Eagles or potential Eagles or USA selects to actually make it to MLR. Um, I really like to see that. Um, so that's all I know. I don't honestly don't know much about him, but he is definitely a good player. And that's all I can say about that. Um, and I'm really happy to say that this is another week with multiple signings from completely different teams. It's no longer just the strikers, just signing players all the time. One Seawolves, one Strikers, uh, one Austin. I know Noah signed a couple last week, so it's really starting to come together. So that's really awesome to see. Yeah. So originally uh, from Hawaii. Yeah. So yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. So he's uh, looks like he's going to graduate in December. I don't know what his degree is. I know the other guy they signed graduating December was computer science. So I'm guessing he's probably a mechanical engineer or something like that. I'll right now once I find it. Communications. <laughs> the uh, the standard athlete uh, major degree in college. Uh, oh, yeah. Guys, I don't see it here. But he went uh, with a uh, with a football uh, scholarship to Snow College in Utah and then transferred to Cookstown for rugby. Yeah, he was a communications major when he played football. Yeah. yeah. I I don't I don't see I don't see it here. Does and tell me here, unfortunately. No, we'll find it. <laughs> so, uh, we got there. I think, uh, Aaron, you got some views, news, and abuse. So, yeah. So, the first one I got, it's just, this is just news. We talked about it last week. Uh, Utah Warriors host their combine on the 28th with uh, their preseason they're talking about starting in March. So, uh, they'll probably play about three preseason matches. I mean, uh, their combine is late, so they gotta get their guys formed up. And you know, I think they're go they're targeting some foreign players. I'm not sure who, and they haven't named their coach, so we're kind of on the hot seat there. But I I'm not sure who it is. So, Corey. Yeah, you know, I uh, just wanted to talk for a second about some marketing I've been seeing from Seattle. Um, and obviously they're still uh, getting put together as well. So they're figuring their stuff out, but what they have locked down right now is merch. I've uh, it, you know how, when you go to various websites, you'll get uh, Google ads that populate uh, based on your interests and stuff. And apparently Google knows that I like rugby because I've been seeing a lot of Seattle Seawolves buy our merch here ads. So uh, that's, that's been kind of interesting. And then, I don't know. It, once again, it's kind of starting to feel a little bit more real where, you know, I'll go to my local news site and this ad will pop up for, uh, you know, buy a hoodie from Seattle. So it's kind of cool. Selection's pretty good. Yeah. If you have a chance, go uh, pick up some merch. And, uh, you know, also just on a related merch topic, uh, we did hear from, uh, Major League Rugby uh, regarding merch that they are in the process of getting that stuff figured out and so I think we should all be on the lookout for more merchandise rolling out in the coming months uh, maybe even before Christmas who knows that would be awesome so if anybody wants to buy me an MLR hat for Christmas uh, feel Ooh, free I got something this is kind of late breaking this is sort of breaking so the Columbus crew owner uh, if he uh, he's if he can't get a downtown stadium, he's moving the team to Austin. Interesting. So I, what, I okay. So what's the Columbus Crew? I'm sorry. So soccer. soccer. So it's sort of like MLR team related because we've all talked about you know is rugby going to come back to Columbus? You know, out of no bets or you know how does that affect uh, you know Austin? Well, you know all these. Austin people have been talking about soccer and getting a soccer stadium. Austin FC. Well, Columbus Crew, Austin FC is a Division II team, and Columbus Crew are a Division I and MLS team. So I wonder how that would play out. Yeah. Could be this That's opening it. for Columbus that people really want to see another outdoor sport or um, a nice new stadium that's coming down in, uh, in Austin. Or maybe they'll play in a Nixon Lane. Who knows? Um, you know the rugby, the rugby lab at Nixon Lane is going to have eleven thousand seats for fa by phase two. So that'd be nice. Austin also is the largest 
City in America that does not currently have a professional team, not including their obvious uh, college team. That's yeah. a little fun fact for you. Hmm. Well, that's going to change with the elite. Exactly. And potentially Austin Crew. Hmm. That might work. If it does happen. So, Dan, what are you hearing? Uh, speaking of leagues or rugby league in this case, uh, something's, go- something's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Worst transition <laughs> ever. <laughs> rugby league. Oh, Murray, that was the that. best. That was the best. I comp- Oh man! All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute because I'm gonna keep laughing. Turn your uh, turn your camera off too while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so there's uh, supposedly a rugby league team <laughs> getting some interest in New York that's gonna be backed by some unnamed, uh, I think, foreign consortium with ten million dollars. Um, from what this these articles seem to say is that people are really excited from Toronto and they want to see more from that in other places because they think it can really work in places like New York or even Philadelphia was another option I heard some people mention they want to do a team there in, in Talon Energy Stadium um, this one I think they want to do at Red Bull Arena which uh, to be perfectly honest league or union I don't think a team right now is going to work at Red Bull Arena for a lot of different reasons one it's a 24,000 seat stadium and two it's in new jersey um and as a new jersey native uh that currently lives in new york i understand that um no one from new york wants to go to new jersey for these games i don't want to go to new jersey for a game it takes me like an hour and a half it's going to take other people just as long so um i think that the team will have a lot of difficulty doing that um if they do just jump in there even if they give out free tickets like the wolf pack supposedly does um that's, that's really all, all I've got to say about that. So did you know that Philadelphia is hosting the Rugby League World Cup? Oh, is that Philadelphia? I thought it was uh, – oh, I know it's a mix between U.S. and Canada. I just assumed it would be like um, – specific, Specifically, uh, they're supposed to be like half the – let's see the host city. I thought it was like mostly in Philadelphia. So that's – I don't even know what the fuck – that is but um yeah philadelphia is has a bunch of matches and whole thing goes through december and have you seen any advertising on that one let's see and you know yeah um, i mean league really especially in the states is just non-existent um i'm not saying that people wouldn't like it at all um but people barely know what union is. Well, in regards to the Rugby League World Cup, which is apparently coming in 2025, 25, yeah, it's going to be between USA and Canada. So, even I assume it's going to close um, Canada, USA, but I guess that will probably make the most sense. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, like, we talk about this, you know, this is like one of those other harebrained ideas from the UK. Like, I mean, I, I would say this is the first time I've really heard it substantially, but European interests in an East Coast rugby uh, organization to travel across, you know, the Atlantic to go play. And I'm just really not interested in this. Because it's just going to be a pain. And if it's $10 million, they're going to fold real fast. Like, New York is expensive. Like, people, Toronto is, like, expensive, but not uh, nearly as expensive as New York is. Like, New York is the most expensive place in the world, as far as I can tell. But, um, and the article stated that the New York team would fund the travel and lodging for that's what the Wolfpack does. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is, I mean, that's for the Wolfpack. It doesn't though. I mean, it really doesn't. 
It does. That's for the Wolfpack, and it, it ran well. Yeah, the champions. I mean, yeah, but ten million dollars isn't gonna ten million dollars. You're gonna blow through that in a year. Hmm. Because I don't know, but Wolfpack playing, did it. Yeah, I don't. Maybe with more money, I don't they, know, but they did it. All I'm saying is they gave out half their tickets, and that's for that's how they got there. Yeah, people showed up, but that doesn't mean they did anything. This is one season. Will they fold because of finances? But the reality is, is that's not going to – like, how does that work in America? How it works in America is a team tra- that travels pays their own shit. Hmm? Like, that's how – that's the American way. You pay your own okay. shit. Unless you want a stadium, and then you have the taxpayers buy that. Yeah, that's, but, that's a whole other story there. But, yeah, there's like five people that watch rugby league in this country, and then there's – there's only about a hundred people that play it, so I'm not one of them. Yeah. So well, yeah, and we've got at least uh, two people, Victor and one other guy on our Reddit page, that are really dedicated uh, watchers and followers of rugby league, and more power to them. I say, you know, hey, we all got our stuff. I like, uh, you know, a lot of my friends and family think it's weird that I'm into uh, rugby at all. So yeah. I'm not worried about that. Like what you I like, guess. and. I don't think um, the specter of a potential New York team is really going to upset the apple cart of MLR uh, at all. I'm not even a little bit worried about that. So I think we just let them do what they want to do. If it makes it, hey, more power to them. If it doesn't, it's their money, I guess. They can, they can they can burn it, or they can give it to me, and uh, I'll I'll take care of it. Uh, finance uh, the podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, as a resident rugby league guy, I can tell you this: uh, the, the, it has worked for the Wolfpack. Again, they brought those those teams uh, from Division Three from League One. Uh, of course, I cannot bring all the players because some of the players have jobs as well. Again, since it's League One, and none of them are professional. And again, it worked out for for them. Then again, their main sponsor, I think, is called Airstrat. I think, which is an airline. So I assume. Flights are cheaper because obviously they have the sponsorship with the Wolfpack. But um, for this supposed New York team, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how really it's going to work unless like a really big airline sponsors them, which would be really cool. But I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll find out. So, uh, yep. I want to take a So, guys, I think it's I, I think it's time. I think it's time for Dan's tweet of the week. Dan, what you got for us, man? I think it's funny because I was in the middle of saying I want to take control of this and switch the conversation, and then you literally took control away from me and (laughs) switched it to the next topic, which I was just in the middle of doing. Uh, Just helping you out, brother. I got your back. Helping me out by not helping me at all. (laughs) Um, So, yes, we're on to the tweet of the week. So Major League Rugby tweeted this afternoon – Nice little tweet that said, blasting off into the work week like dot, dot, dot. And then the rocket ship emoji, rocket ship emoji, rocket ship emoji, dot, dot, dot. Hashtag Major League Rugby, hashtag ML Rugby, hashtag AER, hashtag Austin Elite Rugby, hashtag Austin Elite, hashtag Texas Rugby, hashtag We Are Rugby at Norma Salina, who I think is Norma Salinas, I think is her name, and she does the Austin uh, photos. Great um, sports photographer. Yeah, she does a really great job. Um, and it was actually uh, linked to an Instagram photo. So it was one of those weird, like, reposts and then dot, 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 dot. And then it had everything else underneath there, too. So I didn't click on it. Um, actually, no, I did click on it. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Um, and it was just a guy jumping or something like that. And it was just, you know, MLR seems to really like to do those uh kinds of tweets and sort of like the strikers and everything like that. I don't know if they talk about it and they say, Hey, I saw you did that too. Um, but they really like to kind of post those like, uh, blasting off into the work week, like something like that. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, so I was like the beard and then they were like, too bad. There's no beard emoji. Okay, that was random. I mean, oh, by the way, guys, I've, I, oh, I'm in, sorry. That was in the script. 
that wasn't on the script. And by the way, guys, real quick, um, I found a Carlin's um, comment to the picture I put. It actually wasn't no emojis. It was just yay, LOL. That's what he put on, on the comment of the yeah, picture. Yeah, no. <laughs> So, yeah. Cake from he follows us. That's cool. He's trying to say he wants to be he wants to be signed by the Austin Elite Rugby. Cross your fingers. That's my takeaway from it. He said it himself. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on that awkward transition, let's go ahead and uh, get into my favorite section of the week, which is questions from Bob. So this week, uh, Reddit user Cardiff RCM wants to know. Is San Diego still alive? And when are we going to start seeing stuff about that team? What do you guys think? Um, Go, Aaron. Aaron, you're you're the you're from San Diego, aren't you? Yes, no, San Diego, from LA, but San Diego, close enough. Enough for SoCal. Um, close they're enough. still alive. Their money's going the right places. They're paying their bonds, unlike somebody else. <laughs> um, as far as like when they're going to. Uh, launch their Facebook and website. I, I'm out. I got nothing. Maybe I'll have something next week. Yeah, I mean, I'm really in the same boat. I got nothing either. Um, I'm not really worried. I I was originally kind of like worried about this, but um, last time I was worried about a team doing nothing, it was New Orleans, who's made the most announcements recently. Before that, it was the Strikers, who are probably the best team in the entire league right now. I'm not saying San Diego will be, but um, like Aaron said, they paid their bonds. They, they paid their dues. So even if they don't fill the team, they're just wasting their money then, which I don't think people like to do. So, um, Well, guys, just to let you know, sorry. The, oh, sorry, Dan. Just to let you guys know, it's October 17, and we still haven't really had an official announcement of this San Diego team. So... I mean, if they did indeed pay the bond uh, after switching from Minnesota to San Diego, I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, right now is the right time to talk about the team, the name, the the team logo, players. At least that's what I think. I have no idea. But um, I can tell you that there's uh, MLR conference calls uh, based on my conversations with a few people. Uh, either that number about uh, once or uh, what was it? I guess like five times a month. So almost every week. Um, some weeks there's two and then there's zero the next week. Some weeks there's one, but they have a conference call every week and uh, there's still a coming soon on the website. So I'd run out of things to talk about five times a month with the same people. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what we had to do. And I, I had trouble with that. I don't know how these guys can talk every, every single time. Did you pay your bills? Yes, they're paid. So when are you going to launch your website? Let me talk to the web designer. <laughs> so, I think uh, I think that's about it, guys. Uh, no more questions this week. So just as a quick reminder, we do take questions each week over on our Reddit page, and that's uh, reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby. So come and look for the post, uh, the weekly pinned post called Questions for Bob, and uh, just comment below there, and we'd be happy to read them off and give you a shout out on the show. You can also tweet at us uh, or go to our Facebook page. So get us any of those places or comment on YouTube videos, you know, email us, call our, call our phone number. Really. I think we're pretty, pretty accessible. So just come tell us what you want to know. Uh, any parting thoughts, anything you guys have uh, for the way out? Yeah. Uh, we still have not had our, first five-star review yet so uh if that happens you get read at the top of the show so uh drop us a review that happens once we get free also, stuff we can give away the free stuff <laughs> i don't know if we will but i think we will i think it's only fair that once we get something to pass along to other people 
guys, um, I guess I'll say the usual words. Um, subscribe, obviously, to our channel. If you're watching this story, you know. If you don't, if you're not watching the video and you're just listening to the audio, thank you, of course. Um, subscribe to us at YouTube channel Earful of Dirt Fancast. Again, so that way you can listen. Well, when you watch this at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Easter. I also follow us on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, all of them as Earful of Dirt. Of course, follow our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM. I guess I said a funny, you'll tell me in a little bit, Aaron. Also, again, leave us a review. Oh, I keep saying, there's a podcast. I really don't notice saying me saying yeah. the piece. Okay, podcast. Again, English is my second language. You guys should be knowing this. Anyways, our phone number. That's one seven two zero six hundred two six seven nine. Again, that's one seven two zero six zero zero two six. And with that, anyone else wants to say something else? One uh, one last thing. In a few weeks, the time will actually change. Um, I think it'll be ten o'clock Eastern, because thankfully Arizona has really weird rules when it comes to time changes. Uh, so when we fall back. It'll be earlier, thank God, so I don't have to be up at midnight on a Monday. Um, and if anyone's actually watching this, you don't have to be up on a Monday at midnight either. You can watch at 11. 10 to 11 <laughs> is much better if you're on the East Coast. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.